Arroba. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Monday edition of Sims and Lefko feels good to be back. A nice, relaxing weekend. But we're not just back. We are back and training camps are started. My BR app is going crazy, letting me know that Teron Armstead and Max Unger are on the pup list. Right. We're going to be monitoring injuries and all that stuff. I finally did research into my biggest complaint about how I think ACLs are overblown. Right. No pun intended. We'll get into that. We have comments from Matt Ryan calling out your guy, Kyle Shanahan. Tom Bali went on a rant. We had a big pack show. But they're back in training camp. Are players happy, annoyed? What are you right now? No, annoyed. Hold on, I don't hear his microphone. We got to pot up Sims' mic. Is my mic gone? Yeah, I don't hear it. No? No. Any... Oh, okay. They hear They're it. hearing it. So I maybe just not it. hearing your All right, ear. I'll go one. I'll go one headphone. I'll pretend I'm a DJ. What is that thing over there? Work for volume? Oh, I don't know. Aha. I don't want to touch go it. Go the other one. No, the left. How about the one that there's something? I'm not touching anything. I'm not messing All right. with it. Uh, can we turn the music oh, off God. now? I've had enough. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Let's turn the music off so we can talk. Uh, uh, all right, so we're done producing the show from the set. Apologies to the amazing control room, but you know, are you excited? Are you like your freedom is done? It's like first day of school. Yeah, as a player, no, you're you're extremely uh, just. I don't want to say. Yeah, you're just on edge. You're nervous. Your freedom has to- been totally taken away for the next three weeks. As a player, all you're looking for now is to get to the second preseason game because Mm. training camp usually breaks either a few days after the second preseason game or the the day before the second preseason game. And that's when you know, ah, I've made it. You still have some hard work, but you usually go back to your facility and get into somewhat of a routine. I feel bad for one guy uh, because he's going to have to answer a lot of questions at training camp this week, and we did it to him. Malik Jackson. When we did the interview with Malik Jackson, which came out Friday, you could check it out, obviously, iTunes, subscribe, five-star review, you guys are awesome. Uh, did, did that comment stick out to you when he said, we can win the Super Bowl? It, it really didn't. Because I mean, you were just, like, yeah, okay. Well, listen, I mean, to me, that's, that's what you say as a, a football player, that you believe, okay, we have a talented team. And, and then I'm on a bus to Atlantic City, and I got the NFL.com, Pro Football Talk, all these websites going, Malik Jackson says, Jags will win Super Super Bowl, which is a yearly thing. There's always one player on a team that people aren't expecting that says it, and it was all over the place, and now Malik has to answer those questions. I feel bad. Uh, I don't think you should feel bad. I don't <laughs> think he cares. And first of all, you know, he he was he wanted to go out on this little press tour in general anyway. He kept saying that. Yeah, I mean, it was about, you know, it was something he was doing for himself. Uh, he was awesome on the podcast. I he mean, was we great. had a lot of fun with them, and good for him and believing that. I mean, they should believe that at this point, and they do have enough talent to scare people and get in the AFC playoffs. Yes. It's just about you know the guy behind behind the center. It's part of the reason why you said Belichick wanted to schedule a joint practice with the Jaguars uh, on Wednesday's edition of the podcast. We're going to break down all of the joint po- joint practices right. and see who's going to actually gain something and which teams, like the teams that face the Patriots, should be scared maybe not show all their plays. I, I mean, if I'm Jacksonville or the Texans, I'm literally calling New England right now and going, you know what, we're going to back out. Sorry. We'll uh, we'll see you next year. <laughs> they both, I mean, and, and the Texans play them on the schedule this year. That's what I I don't even understand either. You're not going to outthink or outscout Bill Belichick yeah. for a three-day training camp period. He is going to know your team just as well as uh, he'll know his own team. Uh, Jalen Ramsey on the pup, which I wish I would have known with a core injury. It's a little scary to me. The, the, hold, let me get through all yeah. this. Latavius Murray is going to be on the PUP. This is the physically unable to perform. You could be activated at any time. The key, though, is you need to be activated before week one or you're out for six weeks. Right. And you can't practice for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the ones I just said before, Terran Armstead and Max Unger, again. Both uh, scary there, too. Just because of who they are? or well, Yeah, who they are. And Ar- Armstead is a guy that's an undersized franchise left tackle who's had a, a number of injuries. And what was this one? This one with uh, him is the sh- shoulder surgery, right? Yeah, that does concern me a little bit as a left tackle who's so dependent on his jab, his yes. ability to get his hands on speed pass rushes, yes. power pass rushes, whatever it may be. And then Unger, a guy that's in the middle of the whole mosh pit mm. with a foot injury who plays ultra-aggressive, uh, 
that that is what about Jalen Ramsey now, with the core? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Where it bothers me with the core is usually when it's core, it's usually groin related too. Like usually when you hear like sports hernia, right? That's mm. the core injury. Well, the core is connected to the groin. Exactly right. So where I would get scared, um, my, my core is finally starting to connect to its groin. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in between for a while. You were on the pup. <laughs> uh, I was on the on the something. <laughs> but the. Um, what would worry me, left go with a DB, and, and you and I think the world of Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you and I, I think we both think he's the top five corner in football right now. And I know my man, my man Rondé Barber, uh, he talked to Tyler Dunn of Bleacher Report recently, and he said, Akeem Tlaib's the best right now, but Jalen Ramsey is on deck for the yeah. next one. But where I get scared with that kind of injury is turning and running, right? Oh, I broke this way, but the receiver went this way. So now let me make an aggressive turn this way. Right. That's what gets the core groin stretched. The, those well, type core of core and back to me are the two scariest yes. because they are connected so, to everything. But he's so young. The way that I approach pup for people out there that are just interested in following the league, I write them down. And every week I just check. I go to the local newspapers and I go, where's the progress? What are we doing? Because those Ramsey, Unger, and Armstead to me are mm-hmm. three guys that change my predictions for Saints and Jaguars. Yeah. Because if the Saints O-line is hurt, Drew Brees with no time is in trouble. No, I mean, they But got... they could overcome it with three-step drops. But Jalen Ramsey is a big play. Latavius yeah. Murray, I'm going to read more about how's Dalvin Cook looking with extra reps. No doubt. I know you think that's going to be big. Yeah. Uh, can you explain to me, David Irving doesn't show up to Cowboys conditioning, $40,000 fine. He's already suspended four games. Uh, Des Bryant was late after treating a town to a barbecue. Zeke's victim finally releases a statement looking more and more like he will get a suspension. Terrence Williams, as we talked about in the last podcast, is foot racing people outside strip clubs. And then Jerry Jones gets up there yesterday and goes, it's all fine. We got good leaders. Yeah. No. Are you worried about the Cowboys with all of this? I definitely am. Yes. They're all over the place. And they seem kind of cyclical anyways, a little bit. Oh, have a good year, lose to the Packers in the divisional playoff game. Yes, I know Tony Romo got hurt the next year, but then they go 3-13 and and they get Ezekiel. Have a great year. Hey, it is a young team in a lot of key areas still. And there is a lot of suspension, drug, off-the-field issues, late for your team. Yeah. And to me, that's where Jerry Jones kind of castrates a, a, a Jason Garrett because – Jerry, you know, Jason might get mad at all these things, but then Jerry is the one that has them into the office and he talks to them. And there's never any, there's never any fear. There's never anything to say like, oh, this is going to happen if you miss the charter yeah. plane like, like Des Bryant did. Uh, He's like a booster. He's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine, right, but it's it, not fine. So it, then when you say it's fine, Jason Garrett can't say it's not fine. Exactly right. So you kind of hurt yourself yeah. in that, that standpoint. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, we would just never see these type of things with some of the top-tier organizations no. of football. I and mean, we're going to really get would. to Tamba Ali mentioned something like that in his comments where he, he talked about the Patriots. Some franchise get it. Some guys don't. Right. And that's why the – Cowboys are up and down. But the David Irving thing, we got to talk about that for a second. Just because that is weird to me. That's really weird. I don't even understand it. I don't even know where to go. doesn't show up. What? And you've been suspended for PEDs, so you're not going to be there on time and try to get in the good graces of the team and go, here, In I'm your gonna... head, should we start preparing for life after David Irving? I mean, as I, people that think I the Cowboys think so. are a contender? The thing that, the thing, I'll, I'll, this, I'm throwing this out here, everybody. This is the thing that would scare me about David Irving. Didn't really know about him. Breaks out, PEDs, Ooh. Now, now he's disappearing again. So to me, this is where I look at a PED case and That's go, oh, he might have actually taken some legit like HGH steroids. Maybe he doesn't want the Cowboys to look at the way he looks right now because he's off of PEDs and he ain't looking too great. Mm. Maybe he's looking like a real skinny power forward of the NBA instead of an NFL Man. defense alignment. So no, you're right. That's the, where the, my head went. I'm just saying. I, when I think about PEDs, I think about did you have sustained success before and afterwards? That's no, the first thing that came to my head. Right. Uh, this PUP update brought to you by the BR app. Download it. Uh, Andrew Luck is going to be starting training camp on the pup list. Mm. Expected to be ready for start of the season. We got some breaking news in the BR app. Yeah. Well, I, is that scary to you? Because I know one of your big storylines is checking out the quarterbacks returning from injury. Right. Mariota, Carr, Luck. Yes. 
Uh, and who else? Cam Newton, right? Cam With Newton. the shoulder. But Luck. Luck is ready. the scariest one right now. I mean, we're, here we are. They've been very shady about what they've talked about with Luck all offseason. Luck's kind of been shady as well in explaining his situation. Um, yes, I would be very concerned if I'm the Indianapolis Colts right now. You're going to start the start it on the pup, mm. your quarterback, your franchise player, and the most expensive player in football pretty much. And yeah. you've built the team around him. And finally have an offense to really – you know, let him succeed and not get beat up and killed. Yeah, him, that is the injury I look at that scares me. I'm not really worried about Cam. I'm not really worried about Derek Carr to an extent. Mariota would be the next guy. Because of speed. Yeah, he's dependent yeah. on those legs, and their offense is dependent on that as uh, well. By the way, if you're out there in the next few weeks and you start seeing NFL I or PUP, you'd much rather your guys be on the NFL I, which is like an off-the-field injury, like you got hurt doing something not related to football. Right. Those can come back at any time. Pup is more of like a strategic play by the team, which kind of means the team's going, if Andrew Luck is going to miss considerable time, we'd like that 53rd roster yeah, spot they the roster for spot. the six weeks while he's gone, right. which... It's a little scary when your team's preparing for you to be out. But well, that's when you the know situation. they're on the pup, just for everybody, you, basically just put it this way in everybody's brain. If you're on the pup, that means the team pretty much thinks you're at no closer than two weeks. Like two weeks is the absolute right. quickest you'll be back here at any time soon. So that's really what it comes down to, too. Let's move on to a topic we like to call, Are You Freaking Kidding Me? Stories about people saying or doing things that make no goddamn sense. I'll say the F word later. I'm not okay. ready for it. It's a little early. Uh, Eric Dickerson comes out and tells Colin Cowherd, or whoever the hell was hosting the, the herd that day, the Rams should start Mannion over Goff. Quote, give him a shot. You drafted him. This is my favorite part. He was great at, where'd he go to school? Oregon State? Oh, yeah. Playing in a pro-style offense. He's a big guy. You got a great arm. I think you had a better chance of winning with Sean Mannion. For those curious, in the last two years, Sean Mannion is 9 of 13 for 50 yards and one pick. Uh, if I'm a Rams fan. Are you fucking kidding me? That's yeah. There's your first F word. I'm from New Jersey. I can't help it. If I'm a Rams fan, I've officially had enough of Eric Dickerson chiming in. He clearly feels empowered. Jeff Fisher's no longer there. He battled with him last year, and apparently he thinks he won. But he's now the former alumni that that's or the alumni that's willing to go on there and go and I'll tell you who I would play. Dickerson, I've officially reached the point where are you fucking kidding me? Well, yeah, empowered, great. Yeah, I'm glad he's empowered. Knowledgeable, not so great. Sorry there, big Eric Dickerson. You're the man. Don't get me wrong. Uh, as far as football is concerned, but you can't make statements like that and then tell me you don't know what school he's from. For one, that was amazing. And then also tell me he has a big strong arm when the biggest knock of him coming out in the draft was he didn't have a strong arm, and he doesn't have a strong arm. And I've watched every throw of his preseason life. He does not. And to think that. To make that comment, this is where it bothered me. To make that comment, and you haven't been at one practice in the offseason, not in one meeting. With like last time I checked, right, players can get better. That They can in the offseason. It's crazy. And they can get worse, too. So I would think Jared Goff, everything's going in the right direction. There's a reason Jared Goff was the number one yes. draft pick. Listen, he didn't maybe deserve to be the number one draft pick. I, I get that. I would have taken Carson Wentz. But there's still enough physical ability and, and intangibles there for 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 me to think he can succeed and get better in an offseason. Leon Batchley says, after that, I won't take anything serious what he says in the future. I'm only going to bring up one devil's advocate point. Mm-hmm. Is Sean Mannion and Jared Goff that close that someone feels confident enough to say that that guy is going to be more of a winner than that guy? We've always talked about how you need a gap between right. your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback. Yes. If we get to training camp and there still isn't a gap between Goff and Mannion, I mean, this Goff shit could be really scary. There's no doubt. I mean, they're in a tough position. They, but they, I'm going to go off what you said. I don't think he's Dickerson seen anything, and I think this is just coming off of practices last year. No doubt. I, I don't really worry also about the physical ability of Jared Goff, as we've talked about a million times, and as I've talked to anybody I know that's been around the Rams or met Jared Goff, we were spot on from our first meeting with yeah. him at Super Bowl 50, the week before the game. We went away and we said, hmm, he's not very alpha-like. He's not really a guy that commands the room. He's not a guy that's not the personality you're used to seeing with the number one pick of the draft. And I would say that's pretty much uniform from anybody that yeah. meets him or talks to him. That's what scares me. Him making a 20-yard out throw, 
he can do it. Him escaping in the pocket and going to run for eight or ten yards, he can do that too. Yeah. Can he be man enough to take accountability and lead men is where I question. Uh, Steven Nelson chiming in saying, hashtag free Mannion, go Beavs. Hey, played at Oregon listen, State. I'll say this. He deserved to play last year. He absolutely that deserved, he especially after watching the preseason yes. and then seeing, and then rewatching All or Nothing and seeing, what the hell is his name? Uh, the Case Keenum? Case Keenum blow right. all those games. Right. Unbelievable. I will say this. I think Sean Mannion, this may have extended his career in the NFL. Yes. A comment like this. Now teams are going to go, well, you got Dickerson over there saying this. He Maybe we bring a, him in. must be a good backup. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't checked with my scouting department. I mean, hey, listen, we've seen crazier, we've seen crazier crap happen. Osweiler got big contracts. I mean, freaking Matt Schaub. I mean, I'm, I'm going to the playoffs in Tampa Bay as a starting quarterback. He's playing one game. He gets $40 million. I don't get crap. All right, so there are a few things in this world that I know that if I bring up to Sims, boy, I'm going to get him riled up. Woo! Number one, global warming. Ugh, don't get me started. Did you see the big stop, thing this week? Stop. Man. I'm bringing it up. As if, a, you feed, if you feed cows seaweed, number their two, methane goes down. Number two. Big study. If I bring up uh, diet. Yes. Number three, people calling out Kyle Shanahan. What? Matt Ryan. Oh. Kyle's play calls. Talking about in the Super Bowl, yes. he would take time to get stuff in. As I was getting it, you're looking at the clock and you're talking like 16 seconds before it cuts out. You don't have a lot of time to say, there's 16 seconds. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. We talk about being the most aggressive team in football, and I'm all for it. But there's also winning time. You're not being aggressive, not running it there. That was specifically talking about that second down run that Kyle Shanahan came on our podcast and said he wished he would have had back. He obviously didn't know there was going to be a sack there. I have one question. How the fuck could you be getting the play with 16 seconds left when everyone is calling you out for calling the snap with 16 seconds left? Right, that's that's what I don't understand. He, he the of, play is not coming in late. You were snapping the ball with 16 seconds left. Yes, I agree. I, I don't know. I don't really know if that's. Listen, there, there obviously is some little thing between Matt Ryan and Kyle. That's all I can really say to it. I don't know what it is, but there's obviously something to me, just in the outside looking in. That Matt, something about Kyle bothers Matt Ryan. That would just be my honest. I mean, go ahead. What's your guess? I don't know. Call on me. Call on me. You, Adam Lefko. Uh, you know what the big storyline was last year? Offensive wonderkin Kyle Shanahan has crafted the offense. Kyle Shanahan gets head coaching job. Matt Ryan, MVP, comma, I don't know how much was Kyle Shanahan responsible for. Kyle got all of the credit last year. Julio was better. Sanu was better. Travis Benjamin got a contract. All these guys. Alex Mack. It was all because of Kyle even though Matt Ryan won MVP. Matt, I, uh, Matt has always had issues with Kyle. Yes. With the Roddy White shit and yes. all that stuff. Now, right. I, maybe we're being too friendly for Kyle, but it was interesting that this came out. It was just interesting that Kyle came on our podcast and took the blame for it, yeah. and then Matt went on an interview somewhere else and blamed Kyle for hey, it. Hey. But maybe it, Kyle took the blame. Yeah, Kyle took the blame. There's nothing more you can say about it. Yeah, I just don't understand the point of bringing it up again. He was and, asked. And it's like what we said, too. I mean, yeah. Wait, we've made fun of the Falcons for snapping the ball with 16 seconds left on that last drive. Yes. So the plays weren't coming in that late. And also, I would just say to this, why do we know Dan Quinn didn't tell Kyle to maybe get the plays in a little, let a little clock go off before you even give it to Matt Ryan, just mm-hmm. so he doesn't even have to sit there in the huddle and wait? That goes on a lot of times. Like The head coach goes, no, don't even give him the play till 18 seconds, just so we don't even have to sit there with dead yeah. time at the line of scrimmage, whatever it may be. To me, again... These are the things I look at. They're they're, they're not going to help the Falcons going forward. No, I'm I'm really concerned about them going into yeah. next. Yeah, and then season. Matt Ryan uh, again. I, I got a lot of respect for Matt Ryan, and I, I know a lot about him because my brother really likes him as well. My brother's down there on the Falcons team, but to me, just oh, I, yeah, I, I would just be you know I, I just I would also it just doesn't come out looking good. I mean, be grateful for that you just had an historic year, and you did historic things all year long. Maybe because you were, they were calling plays with 16 seconds left. I just, to yeah. me, it was unnecessary. Yeah, um, I look. You know, everybody knows we're a little bit biased, but I like the fact that the Falcons were aggressive, and I know why they were throwing it on second down. It was definitely the run play, though. It's still hilarious. We're talking about the offense. That's to, to me, that's what's hilarious. I mean, it's over the 500 fa- yards on defense, and you lew up a 25 point lead. 
but we talk about the offense like they continually blew it. So Matt made those Matt Ryan made those comments. He's going to go back to the facility though. Kyle's not going to be there. He's not going to have to answer to that. No. Tamba Ali not the same case. Right. Tamba Ali, I'm sitting there chilling on Saturday just collecting stories for the podcast and Tamba Ali starts tweeting his thoughts. You see them on the screen. That's what he have one time tweeted. He, he tweeted, Tamba Ali is tweeting his thoughts in all caps, just in case you didn't realize. Uh, he went on a little bit of a rant talking about two things. Playing time and whether he was still wanted in Kansas City, and then other guys not showing up for a, uh, for OTAs. Here's what he tweeted about playing time. I'm watching both Steelers game from the sideline, and I'm playing 15 and 7 in terms of the amount of plays in the last game, and I'm still lost. Am I needed in Kansas City anymore? He went on a number of tweets that talked about the injuries that he battled through to even be in those games, and he was going to be fine, and he thought that during the year they were saving him to play more in those playoff games, and he played seven games. Now, on OTAs. I haven't missed any off-season workouts in 11 years with the Chiefs. I've played in every game except four of my 11-year career with the Chiefs. Let's look at the Super Bowl champs, a.k.a. the Patriots. I am sure they had 100% attendance for OTAs and off-season workouts this year. I may be wrong. Now, who could he be mentioning? Eric Berry, Justin Houston, and Marcus Peters all skipped OTAs. D. Ford skipped parts. Now, remember... D. Ford's probably getting that Tamba Ali money in a year or two. But Barry, Houston, and Peters, the unquestioned leaders of those teams, you know who didn't miss OTAs? Tamba Ali and Derek Johnson. Right. Okay. Well, listen. You First, don't... I want to know, what do you think about what he said about playing time? Yeah. Uh, playing time, I, I think they could play him more, certainly. I think what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs is D. Ford kind of got off to a great start, and, and then he battled with some injuries, and I think they got a little too in that rut of, like, let's just go with D. Ford and Justin Houston on the edge of the defense all game long. And, yeah, I do think they could have done a better job of taking a book from what we always talk about with, like, the Denver Broncos. The Broncos did a great job of making sure Shane Ray, DeMarcus Ware, Vaughn Miller, Shaquille Barrett, yeah. they all rotated. They're all fresh. When you watched the game back, did you go, man, I'm surprised Tomba didn't play more? I, I honestly was thought that I think I felt like the last five, six weeks of the year where it was wow. just like he was spotty. That's all it was. They used him in certain spotty situations or if D. Ford was totally exhausted, yeah. he came in. Now, you know, all the other things, great. I understand he's doing all those things properly, Right. But you don't just get to become the smartest kid in the class because you bring an apple for the teacher every day. That doesn't just annoy you. Oh, you're the smartest because you bring me an apple every day. Great. You're not as good as Marcus Peters, Eric Berry, and... Who was Justin the, Houston and Justin Houston? Okay, so at this OTAs, yeah. you're you're not you're not in agreement with him there. Well, I, I just think he's he's kind of making an argument to just go. Well, I'm here at OTAs, so I should start and play more. His thing is though is this. OTAs shouldn't be about whether you're the kid that brings the apple or you're the smartest kid or you're the best athlete. Mm-hmm. He says, when I look at the Patriots, yep. everybody shows up. Yeah, he's not Brady right about shows that. shows up. He's no. not right about that. What happens? Well, there was years where, listen, I know. There was years where Brady didn't come around. and He only came around for OTAs. He would never be there for workouts. He was only there for the practices. They excuse people all the time. People are not there all the time for the New England Patriots. Now, are they there a lot of the time? Yes. But you don't even know when they're not there because New England doesn't let anybody tell anybody that they're not there. So they don't ever make that a, a – Bill will be like, listen, it's not your job to tell – are you the attendance manor, monitor? That's what he'll start telling people. He would people. say that to he people? He would say that to a player. Why, why, are you why telling, would it even come why up? Why are you telling blah, blah, blah in the press that ha, ha, ha wasn't here today or whoever it is? He goes, that's uh, not your job. That's my job. Don't you worry, well, you Let me worry about the attendance. You just play corner or receiver or whatever you are. I was curious. So Tamba Ali has one more year left on his deal next year. Yes. Uh, he had signed a three-year, $21 million deal. It just sounds like the crux of this is he doesn't feel wanted anymore, and he doesn't feel like the leader anymore. My last question is, yes. when a player goes and does this publicly, what's he walking back into? You know, I, the, the players really usually don't take these kind of things personally. Now, the coaches, he's going to walk back into what? Andy Reid's going to look at him, and he's going to probably go, man, I wish you didn't say that, but Andy Reid's going to have him in his room, in his, in his office, and they're going to talk out, and Tom Bully's going to get to speak honestly about some of the things he tweeted about, and they're going to hash it out and go from there, and then that's the way it'll be handled. But, you know, again, it's a grown man's business. 
I bet you most of the team doesn't even realize he's tweeted these things or said these things. Bullshit. They're going to get asked about it all day today. Well, so they if it's might the know. first day of training camp, I'm and he just did saying this a lot of them Saturday. don't even know right now. They might find out today. And they're going to be blindsided, and they're going to walk in there, and they go, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I, I'm just going to say this. It's making me realize yeah. Falcons lose their OC. They yeah. lose a number of their wide receivers. They lose their D coordinator. Did he come with Kyle, or was no. it just a defensive guy? No, wait, they didn't lose Robert him. Soleil. Uh, no, Soleil was from Jacksonville. Okay. Yes. Uh, but the Falcons and all the stuff they're going through, Kansas City, they surprisingly cut Jeremy Macklin. They fire their GM. Tom Ali's calling them out. Mm-hmm. These were two teams that I think definitely were in their Super Bowl window, yeah. and I feel like they're feeling the repercussions of not being there. And my first thought is, I'm going to knock them down a ledge in my preseason predictions. I, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with that. I know that you're not that high on Kansas City right now. Well, now the Mahomes thing will determine a lot. There's things that scare me. And what would scare me about Atlanta and the Kansas City conversation just right away is that those both those divisions, they're in the conversations for the best divisions in football in I, my I eyes. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to come back in a really scary way. I think the Saints are close. Yeah. I think we know Tampa Bay's close. Yeah. So you got all these type of teams that are dangerous. Like I don't make some of those teams like legit Super Bowl contenders, but they're like Ooh, watch out. If a few, few things get fixed and formulated here in the preseason and early on in the season, watch out for those type of teams. And the AFC West, like Man. we said, I mean, I don't expect the Chargers to blow as many nope. games at the end of the year, and the Raiders are going to be good, and the Broncos are going to be pissed off and ready to go too. It, it's tough. Yeah. But Kansas City, I just, it just, they're acting like a franchise that went, shit, we blew it. Well, I had to do an article recently about teams that were legit Super Bowl contenders, like can win the Super Bowl. And I didn't put Kansas City in that conversation. They're not going to win the Super Bowl with Alex Smith at quarterback. I don't, I've seen enough. I don't need the, I don't care anymore. Like maybe they can get to the Mahomes Super Bowl watch. if everything falls right. Like, right? Like the New England loses the divisional game and there was upsets in like the wild card game and they end up getting like the sixth seed at home in the, in the AFC championship game. Yeah. Maybe they'll get there. But my. History and studying of Alex Smith shows me that when they play teams that are as talented as the teams he's been on, whether it was the 49ers yeah. or this team, and it comes down to, oh, some of our Poops go-to, in-the-well type of plays that have been successful all year are not there, taken away. then can you make three or four throws to win the game? And throughout his whole career, it's been no. I was thinking about this just now. Uh, I was watching the Packers-Cowboys playoff game with uh, the Aaron Rodgers right. throws on NFL Network this right. weekend, and I kept going, Dad, watch, Dad, watch, because yeah. that throw is incredible. Is there any chance the Chiefs use uh, Tyreek Hill the way the Packers use Ty Montgomery and make him like a primary running back that they just keep flexing out? I certainly would. I mean, I just, I don't, to me... He's going to have like a three-and-a-half-year career if that's the case, but it's going to be a hell of a well, career. Well, no, you, you can do it the right way. You don't want, I don't want him to do it like they do with like uh, a Ty Montgomery. I mean, no, that was like legit running back. He's going to be their number one back yeah. again this year. No, Tyreek can't do that, but... I don't know, he breaks off 70-yard touchdown runs. Well, you want to do it to me in the, the, not, in the sense of like maybe five... T- you have five running plays a game that are for Tyreek Kill. You're not trying to get him run between the tackles. You're not doing go. 20-something counts. No, definitely nah, not. I might think about it. Yeah, you might think about it. He's scary. To me, I, I'm, he, I put him in the Odell Beckham Jr. thing. He's more scary at receiver and returner, and I want to leave him for that. I, and if I'll you want to give him what. some token runs, do that. I, I'm running him four to five times in the first quarter just to set up play action. Okay. Because then even if I get him in the flats against a linebacker, yes. that's a 50-yard play. Tyreek Kill and Odell, the two most explosive guys in the game. All right, we now have a... Uh, segment that we're going to call stupid media stupid little media stupid little uh and this is when the media reports things and then the players disagree with it uh first one up mike williams apparently the back is fine remember it was even adam Schefter that said mike williams could be out for the year it's very rare when we walk back a Schefter point the back situation that was some false information being released said williams i don't know who released it but everything is good wow all right yeah I don't know. It went from he's got a, a messed up disc and he's out for the year to now he's saying he's fine. I I, I'm, I am going to be interested just to see how he starts out training. I don't even know what to think about that subject. Yeah. So in now I'm I'm just waiting and seeing. Right. Well, listen. I also yeah. Sometimes the players like the, I, I imagine the doctor goes. You know, it, it could be okay, and then he takes that and runs with it. No doubt. Or yes, he talked to a coach who maybe just doesn't quite know the the severity of the situation. And the last time he was told it was kind of severe, yeah. and maybe it's calmed down the last month. Speaking of wide receivers I'm excited to see back, I saw an interview with Martavis Bryant. Yes. Dude looks focused. 
Mucho. Dude looks really on the ball. Looks good, He's right? been at like a rehab facility. I'm just talking about the way he talks and his brain right now. Yep. He knows it's his last chance. Correct. And if Martavis is on the Steelers, and he's the Steelers are all of a sudden beyond a contender. Mm-hmm. Beyond. Because they're now putting up 50 points a game. Now the question's going to be when Martavis comes back healthy and focused and Ben looks like a fat slob, can we now call out Ben for not taking it seriously? Because he looks like a piece of crap. Well, Ben is that was def- aggressive. Well, the Ben. ben I mean, aggressive. I get you know it was aggressive. Yes, he's not a piece of crap. I could do more push-ups than Ben right now. I would probably agree with that. Yes, I would say squats as well. Definitely more squats. Ben has not done a squat since I don't even know when. It's been a while though because his 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 ass and his pants gets looser and looser every year. But um, Ben. Uh, I don't really like Ben. Ben's, are, Ben's called out a lot of people in Pittsburgh lately. I mean, he called out Mike Tomlin for practicing too hard. We got to take the pads off. Then hold not people not being held accountable. Um, so he he has definitely taken his little shots at people he wants to take them at. Martavis Bryant, yeah, uh, Martavis was a little disappointed. I think with what Ben said about yeah. you know what he's got to get back in here and prove to the team and yeah. prove to me. He and said the two guys the that right kept things. in contact with him were Pouncey and Ramon Foster. Yeah, it's not a shocker. They're both homies, man. They're the, they're dudes. I like them. They're two of my favorite guys in the Steelers. I was just surprised that AB didn't give him a call. I'm a little surprised too. I really am. Now maybe their relationship's not quite you yeah. know best friend level, but Pouncey and Ramon Foster. Uh, are two of my favorites. Yeah, Martavis, though, and Josh Gordon are the two guys that they're top five wide receivers if they are consistent. Yes. And I have a lot of confidence in Martavis Bryant. I do, too. I watched the interview as well, and I'm with you. There's nothing for me. He really seems like he's got his head on straight. And like you said, he's in the class for most explosive players with the Odells and Tyreeks and Julios and A.J. Green. He's the take a screen 60. He is. That's where I look at them and go, like, they improved their team just because they get him back. Bro. But now they need Le'Veon back. Man. Because can we ever get this offense together as a whole? And then they need just a few of those young guys to take the next step and be a little more dominant in Dupree, Sean Davis, you know, uh, Artie Burns, and they drafted somebody else on defense, T.J. Watt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who, who, I'm excited to see Me what too. he looks like, too. No doubt. Uh, so we had a lot of people. Anytime Aaron Rodgers says anything about McCarthy, we get tweeted at a lot. Oh. Uh, so people were like, Aaron Rodgers defends McCarthy. So what happened was Greg Jennings probably went on Fox because that's the only place that has him on and said, if we had a lead, our issue wasn't defense. It was Mike McCarthy. He would cuff us, which I agree. Like, I've always agreed with Mike McCarthy being an overrated coach. Rodgers came back, and this was his quote. Tell me if this is a real defense or what you're supposed to say. Quote, he's our leader, and we follow his lead, and we love Mike. We believe in him, and he believes in us, and so we've got his back. Is that really a defense? It's what you're supposed to say. It's just what you say. Because... Rodgers is someone that, whenever I hear him do quotes, brings up certain examples. When you say he was at your best throw, he brings up three different plays. Yeah. When you at, He brings up certain plays. So when he says things like, he's our leader, so we follow his lead, no, like, usually he would go, no, Mike does this, this, and this. It's more detailed in his response. What do you think the relationship is between Rodgers and McCarthy? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, 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 all right, so first of all, I am a believer that you know Mike McCarthy handcuffs the Packers to a degree, and really he's handcuffed them uh, really throughout Rodgers' career. I mean, Rodgers has been so brilliant to overcome it, and last year he finally kind of took the handcuffs off, right? When he finally gave up, and he's like, you know what, Aaron, we're going to throw the ball every play. Here's the ball in your hand. <laughs> Do it. Attempts. I give up trying to like work in 12 running plays a game or whatever it may be. Um I always have felt like the relationship was not great. But this is the thing that I think somewhere last year, I do feel like Rodgers finally put off or put away, stowed away all his frustrations with McCarthy. And when things were bad, they did kind of band together. And mm. I feel like ever since that and that rough start and, oh, what's wrong with Rodgers? Another Rogers, relaxed season. Right. It, that whole thing. I feel like ever since then, there there has been somewhat of a bond. He's come out a number of times, even towards the end of last year, I felt like, where he stuck up for McCarthy once again yeah. time after time. So maybe Rodgers is over the fact that Mike McCarthy drafted Alex Smith because he was afraid. Yeah, Rodgers does need to get past that. Yeah, he's got to get past that. And, and, and you always hear that Rodgers, I mean, Mike McCarthy drafted Alex Smith because Rodgers, he felt, was too cocky and he was scared he wouldn't be able to coach him as much, right? I also think, do you think Rodgers may have... And then Rodgers realizes that Rodgers is watching... Rodgers is a really smart guy. Anybody I talk to, 
He's watching Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Matt Ryan on film from last year, and he's going, what the fuck plays are these? Because I don't have these in I my playbook. Right. And how the hell do they get Julio Jones, the best one of the best receivers in football, without a guy within 20 feet yeah. of him? And I think those are the things that he's looked at over years and years. And I know he's made some comments to people I even know, kind of slightly like, oh, don't even try to compare what we do to the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but maybe they've turned that turn that. Page. Do you think also he's realized that Mike McCarthy doesn't pick the talent, and so all these non-talented guys? And you know, Aaron Rodgers had was running the offense last year. He was going Philip Rivers for a lot of the season, yeah. where it would be hurry up, and he'd look to the sideline. But I think he's in, he enjoys having Montgomery behind him and messing with him, and then yeah. moving Jordy. He had a lot of control. Sure. And I also, man, with Bennett there too. Oh my gosh, that's I'm really excited to see that. Uh, so can uh, they be legit though? Can they be legit? Like I don't know if they can be. I just I don't know if their defense has. No, it. I think we just look at them and we go, well, they're Super like Bowl contender because they got number twelve. But that's the only thing we talk about. Like the amount of times that we said you just can't game plan for Rodgers, but you know by the divisional game he's so beaten up and exhausted. No, and he's got no, no one doubt. else. Right. He, he had to score forty points a game just to win last year, and he was. He yeah. was freaking doing it. Yeah. Um, one other thing for stupid media. Stupid little media. We always see this with athletes. They get busted for something by the police, and everyone goes, "That's a bad kid." The mm. one two weeks ago was Dante Foreman. Uh, got he got arrested for having marijuana in his car and uh, possession of a firearm. Um, uh, so the attorney came out and said a passenger in the vehicle was actually the one with the weed, and that foreman had bought, registered the gun, and when the police officer came over said, Sir, it is properly stowed away here, uh, he passed a urine test. So guess who wasn't smoking weed? Dante Foreman. And so since he passed one, I tend to believe everything on the handgun, and I just wanted to say, hey, Dante Foreman. Guess you're not in trouble. Bad day for me. He was driving a car and some reason got pulled over and there was marijuana in his car and it wasn't his and his gun was legally... And he took a test and he didn't have any in his system. Damn, where the hell's that? I don't see that headline today in the news, though. And I, no. I want to thank you, though. That's good for you, for well, being I a man. That's, that's restraint. <laughs> well, let me just say this. I got arrested, right, for a DUI yes. of suspicion of marijuana right here in New York City, okay? I pleaded not guilty. They took me to jail. They... Uh, they they took my mug shot at like six forty five the oh, next dude, morning. You so rough. So also also I also had to deal. Somebody finally told my little kid little boy that I got arrested last week at a camp. Right. Stop. Yeah. Some older kid had his phone with him and Googled me and was like, "Hey, dude, you know your dad's been arrested." So I had to answer all and those he questions. He showed the picture he showed to your son, my little boy. How did he react? Uh, of course, he asked me a million questions when he got home. Dad, did you get arrested? Blah, what blah, was blah, the blah. question that you went? Gosh, this was hard. I mean, that was the, the first one. Dad, but he did wasn't you get like, arrested? "Dad, are you a bad man?" No. Okay, <laughs> but but the whole thing that. Uh, so what did you? What, what did he leave? Like thinking you were more badass, or did, like did you give him the lesson? No. Yeah, just the lesson and that. Yes, somebody in my car had been smoking marijuana right before we got so in the car. So you had to explain what marijuana no, was? No, I didn't say that, but did something bad. I think gotcha. that's a, right, gotcha. right. I didn't say that. He wouldn't even know what that is. Um, but, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's but regardless, um, even with my story, I get arrested. I'm on the cover of the New York Post. Um, I'm in the cover of the New York Post every day I walk into the courthouse because New York wanted me to take a plea deal. They had realized that, wow, we found no marijuana in the car. Uh, he didn't fail a drug test, and now we don't know what to do. So they like tried to give me a plea deal, like, well, we'll only suspend your license for 30 days. And I was like, no, nah, screw you. I'll see you in court. Yeah. So they, New York Post, they decided to put me in the cover of the paper every day. But when I was found not guilty after five minutes of a jury deliberating, nobody wanted to write that story. So that pisses me off a lot. It hits home. And I'll just say that. Uh, guess Good for what? Deontay Foreman. Hook him holds. We got a... Uh... We got another Dallas Cowboys story. Are you kidding me? Uh, the problem is, is a lot of times when guys get arrested in June, it comes out now. Uh, Lucky Whitehead was arrested in June for shoplifting, and a warrant was issued. Stupid little Lucky man, the Dallas Cowboys, dude. Yep. Do you think? Do you think we're just hearing more? Like, do you think that the media is more connected? Like, the Dallas PD wants to get it out more, and this is actually happening to it, all. It's the... just like it's literally like a movie down there, man. I don't even know what to say. The Dallas, yeah, da North Dallas Forty. It really is. It's 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 a team that was one of the best in football last year. That's got young superstars and a city that puts the Dallas Cowboys on a super high pedestal, and a state that puts football on a super high pedestal. And it's the Dallas Cowboys. And yes, they just 
like anything, and it's human nature, when you're told you're awesome and they're yeah. getting by, you're getting free drinks and you got girls coming up to you, you start to lose control of reality and what the hell to do. Uh, this is I'm already going to predict every talk radio take this week in Dallas. Um, why would a football player have to shoplift when you have all that money? That's the, what was the running back that shoplifted underwear in, in Denver? He stole underwear. He went on a Den- right, I, you know. Listen, I don't know. I don't get that. All right, now for uh, the topic. Where, where did he get shoplifting at, though? What store did you say it was? It was in Virginia, I think it was. At, like what kind of store? I don't know. I just it was a TMZ thing. I didn't look it up. It just came in our breaking news channel. Uh, Canvasser, if you wouldn't mind, kind of digging up a little bit, just the details on that. Now it's time for uh oh. Lefko is thinking. This is when I get ideas like conspiracy theories that sometimes relate to football, but will make you go, eh, maybe, maybe. Uh, every year, I get really annoyed when ACL injuries happen in training camp and preseason, and you begin to see it's an epidemic. There's a problem in the NFL. I'd like to create the hashtag ACL epidemic because I just think it's crazy. I think ACLs happen every year, and then every year people act like it's never happened before. Yes. So I went back, and um, I really want to give a lot of credit to the ACL Recovery Club on Twitter who have been tracking this for the last four years. So, this is the amount of total players that have torn their ACLs before week one. Last year it was 22, the year before it was 25, the year before it was 22, and then there was a big one in, in 2013 where it was 31. Wow. So, in that year, that was the Jeremy Macklin for the Eagles. That was Melvin Ingram. 2014 was Sean Lee, Sam Bradford. That happened in the preseason game. 2015 was a big year. It was Jordy Nelson, Dante Fowler, Kelvin Benjamin, Orlando Skandrick. So, when it's the bigger names, it seems big. And then last year, it was Teddy Torres ACL and a lot of other things. Justin Houston, Ronis Grasso. Right. So... I started thinking, okay, so it's around 22, 22 to 25. So just get ready in your head that in the next few months, the next month or two, there will be 22 to 25 around that area ACL tears. Is that a big number? I mean, when you really think about it, with every roster's 90. What's 90 times 32 right now? What's, what is that? 90 times 32, <clears throat> 2,718. So 20. I don't know if that's accurate. But that's, I mean, that's 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 a lot. I mean, um, that's not that many ACLs, really, when you look at the broad scope of, of players. So then I looked and I said, man, I remember San Diego had a lot. Yeah. San Diego, for the entire season, had six ACL tears. Wow. Guess how many they had in 2015? None. Zero. Yeah. So it's not, I was like, oh, maybe San Diego is going to be this team. So I went back and I looked at the teams that have had zero ACL tears. Oh, I'm interested. For every year. Right. Last year, there were eight. The year before, there were seven. The year before that, there were seven. The year before that, there were seven. I'd like to hear some of these teams. I'm actually very interested But check this out. So every year, there's about seven teams that are not going to have an ACL tear at any point. Last year, there was the lucky eight. Okay? Here are the interesting trends that I saw. In the last four years... No team in the NFC West or the AFC East has ever came out unscathed. Every team in the NFC West and the AFC East has an ACL tear. Oof. Those, those Interesting. Two. I mean, I think of the when you said the NFC West right away, I just said, well, that there was a physical division the last few years with Seattle, right. even San Francisco and the Harbaugh and Bruce Arians. But Here's another interesting trend. Yeah. In three of the last four seasons, Oakland has had no ACL tears. Wow. So they've only had one season with an ACL tear. They've had three of the last four no ACL tears. That's interesting. I don't know if that's lucky. I would like to know maybe what they're doing with their training program. And obviously they're doing something right practicing-wise. Yes, it's a little lucky, but there's got to be something a little more to that. Something to it. Uh, here's what also I found was interesting. What about playoff teams? Is there hold any? On, hold okay, here's okay. also what I found is interesting. Yeah. When a team posted a zero ACL tear, Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few Ostin packed, uh, posted back to back nuns. Who? Say uh, that again? O- Ostin? Wow. He Oakland. said Ostin twice. I combined, I combined Oakland he said and posted. Ostin twice. Ostin. Uh, Oakland posted back to back none, obviously. Minnesota and Cincinnati have had back to back zeros. Wow. Houston's had back to back zeros in this four year stretch. But every year, 
one of the teams that posted zero ACL tears posted at least three the next year. Okay. So there's one team of the eight from last year that's going to have three or more, just seeing recent trends. Right. So after posting uh, zero in 2013, Detroit posted three in 2014. After posting zero in 2014, Carolina had four in 2015. Mm. After posting zero in 2015, San Diego posted six. Tampa Bay posted three. Um, so here are the eight teams last year. Wow, so I'm just saying Carolina, the year they went to the Super Bowl, actually had the four ACL ter- tears, right? No, in 2015 they had zero. Oh, I thought you said 2014 they had zero. 2015 they had four. 2014 Sorry. they had – oh, you know, you're right. I'm right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. See, I listen. Uh, I listen to you. So you here talk. are the eight teams that didn't have ACL tears last year. Yeah. Dallas, mm. Carolina, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Indy, Tennessee, Oakland. Wow. Those were the eight teams that did not have an ACL tear. Physical teams, really. Really, they really are. All of them. I don't, you know, that's the first thing I went to. And that's the old adage in football is the most physical team usually doesn't get hurt. I mean, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Raiders. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Dallas, Carolina, Carolina. Even though they weren't great, Carolina, we've always talked about it for three years now. They're big and physical, a lot bigger in person than people realize. Then who, who was the other one? Yeah, Atlanta. There? Yep. Well, hold on. Who are some teams that you don't think are physical? Because I I have those on my mom's stationery. Oh, uh, he's going to pull up the teams. Let me really pull quick. up the teams really quick, and I can tell you what they got last year. Teams that I did not deem as physical. Uh, man, the Colts would have been one of those teams. Yeah, the Colts so didn't I'll, have one. I'll say that. Um, hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs are borderline. Kansas City had three. Three, okay. They're borderline because they don't stop the run. San Francisco had three. New Orleans had two. Mm. It's just uh, for everyone that when we're getting into this season, uh, ACL. ACL season, if you see people tweeting out or writing stories, calling it like an epidemic or what's going on, Tweet at us, at Sims and Lefko, with the hashtag ACL Epidemic. I'd like to keep track of this. Yeah, I just I have a feeling there's going to be about 22 ACLs before week one, and some of these teams are going to have none. It's just kind of how it works. It is. It's funny. You know, I, I mean, I, But it's also become a very easy to come back from ACLs. Like people, I look at the Colts, and the Colts, even though I think to the normal person they probably appear soft, I always watch Colts football and go, wow, they play really physical. They're just not very good, so they don't win the physical matchup. Mm. Uh, that's what's I can't interesting. It's crazy. As you sit here and look at teams, I, I can't, it's hard for me to even call certain teams not physical. I just don't even feel right doing that. Um, but that is, I, I would like to keep track of that because I feel like we talk about it every, every All the time. preseason too. Uh, get into the comments section right now and ask us any questions before we keep going. Uh, Wednesday, I think, is going to be a really good episode. We're going to be talking about uh, a pool party, uh, that ha- or a pool basketball between Derek Carr and Khalil Mack. That's a little bit weird. Don't look it up. I'll share it yep. with you on Wednesday. Uh, we are going to have a discussion about Emmett Smith uh, and where he actually does rank all the time because I think it's a very interesting discussion. It is. Very interesting. Uh, so we're going to get all that into Wednesday, and we're going to get weird. The iTunes comments are just pouring in. So leave a five-star review on iTunes. We'll get to as many as possible. Uh, I ca- What were you going to say? I was going to say, what was the first part of that you said you were going to get to? pool party. Oh, oh the, Von, yeah, the Von Miller like pass rushing camp. You see yes. some of that stuff and all yeah. that? And Malik told us about it when he was yeah, here. Exactly. He went out there. I don't think I'd ever be a part of that. And two Wait, things. you were applauding Malik and Vaughn for doing I it. I don't think I really realized what it quite was until I watched it. I watched it this weekend. Okay. Okay. And, I mean, sure, do they get some work done? Do they get to steal each other's ideas and talk about things like that? First of all, this weird is the first thing. thing I'll say. Watching it, I thought it was very weird that Vaughn Miller was a huge focal point, And just the shots I saw, I could see Khalil Mack way in the background, never in the forefront. So it just made me that think. That could also be editing. It could be. But like when there was times, I just feel like he wasn't a focal part of it. But I, I just as a competitor, uh, if I felt like I was in the class of top-tier pass rushers and I was one of those pass rushers as well, yeah, I would just have a hard time going there and sharing any of my stuff. I really would. I, I wouldn't do it. But here, here's actually why I think it's genius. Yeah. 
because if Justin Houston puts up 12, if, if all these guys put up better numbers and they all start getting paid more, as we see with rotating contracts, yeah. you're going to get paid more. I get that. If one yep. of them has a down year and thus doesn't get paid as much, the next time you're up for a renegotiation, maybe you don't get as much. You need them to make more money than you. For the greater good, you're right. I never thought scale, about that. I'm just thinking scale. about meathead football-wise. Like I would not go somewhere with the, you know, if I was a, you know, one of the 20 best quarterbacks in football in the NFL. I'm not going to some little outing that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has with the other 15 best quarterbacks in the game. And we're going to talk about, you know, why do you throw this route better? And no, screw you. I know why I throw it good. I want you to throw that bitch in the ground and in the stands and to my team. So I'm not telling you what I do. Uh, let's get to some Facebook questions. J.R. Santos, is Revis done? Do you think he'll be picked up? Um, I don't think Revis is. Uh, I don't think Revis is done. You heard that. What did he say about Nothing. Him? Just talk about Revis. But I don't think he's done, uh, Revis. I think he's going to be the kind of guy that is going to evaluate teams, maybe a team that gets an injured guy midway through camp, they bring in a Revis. Uh, David Sutherland says, is Lefko writing a check? No, I'm writing down questions. Let's get to another one. Khalil Cuffey says, Paxton Simeon. Who do you got? <sighs> okay. I think, I think Simeon's the guy, but Paxton Lynch is going to be the quarterback. To me, that's just it's John. It's John Elway. He ran the team. They traded picks to get to Paxton Lynch. He is going to be the guy. They're going to justify it any way they can. And it sounded like they were already trying to justify it at the end of camp, right? Oh, he came on strong at the end of OTAs, and you heard players saying that as well. So, to me, I think it's all setting up for a Paxton Lynch to steal the show. Colin Hudson, Savage versus Watson. I, I, I'm going with Savage only because I just know that offense is a lot to learn for a young quarterback. So that's the only thing I go there. I think Watson, I do think, is going to be a star in the NFL. I really do believe it. Uh, do I have concerns? Yes. But my biggest concern right off the bat is just that he came from Clemson and now he's going to this New England scheme. And I do think there will be a learning curve. Now, to say if they're like 3-3 three and three in Week 6 yeah. – then and they feel like okay, Deshaun's got a good grasp of the base offense. Yeah. Then we might see a move. Sean Bennett, how does Sims think he'd perform at his old patch job, bitch boy, if he started back up there tomorrow? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be allowed to. Maybe I'm sure Brady <laughs> would probably call Mr. Kraft and be like, "Have you heard what he said about me in Deflategate?" Uh, man, I don't. Uh, whew, that, I want no part of it. My. The hair in the back of my neck just rose thinking about that again. Charles McBride, what's more likely, McGregor winning by knockout or Jared Goff throwing 30 touchdowns? <laughs> They're both a shot in the dark. I think McGregor getting the knockout. Marcel Martins, does Sims think Garoppolo has the potential to be Brady's successor? Yes, he does have the potential to be Brady's successor. I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady, um, but... Yes, he certainly does. He is a justifiable starting quarterback from what I've seen in the preseason and those games last year. Yeah, listen, I've stood strong to this all year. I think the Jimmy Garoppolo and the New England Patriots would have gone to the Super Bowl, too. I'm not sure he could have brought them back mm. from 25 points down, but no, I, don't think I still so. think that team would have been in the Super Bowl even if Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter. Michael Rodriguez, will the Seahawks trade Richard Sherman in the next two years? Uh... I love what Richard Sherman's saying right now, by yes, the way. Yes, I do too. Everyone that's like, I can't believe he said you suck to, to Russell Wilson. Man, if you didn't think the, sh- the Seahawks defense talk shit, then I don't know what you've been watching yeah, or they paying keep, attention they, to. No doubt about it. They keep you t- it I mean, I know your Tampa Bay Bucks teams talk crap to you guys all oh the time. Oh my gosh, all the time. I mean, I used to walk up and Derek Brooks would be telling me, oh, he's going to throw it here. Oh, you're scared to throw it here, Sims. You but do you suck. think they keep Sherman or do they think they trade him? I think they are going to keep him unless they make a – huge jump of talent at the corner position. Like, I got the roster in front of me right now. They can't trade Richard Sherman. Who the hell they got at corner? You want to put Demetrius McKay and Deshaun Sheed out there to cover Shed, Shed? I mean, to cover all those Cardinals and Rams and 49 receivers? No. So, right now, he is there. They did want to trade him. They yes. weren't going to do it until the price is right. I told you back I don't even know when, before all the rumors were out there I knew that they were shopping him behind the scenes. Um, and I think they will try to shop him again, but they have to upgrade their talent level in the secondary. That's where 
I think people are missing out on them. They don't have that other corner anymore. No. Well, they've slowly been getting rid of them over the last few years. Every year they lost another corner. This is a random one I just thought of. I've been reading a lot of reports about how Carson Palmer's got the zip back in his arm. Oh, yeah, that's it. you believe in any of that? No, of course not. It sounds like a lot of bull crap just to say, like, yeah, I threw it like crap this year, and it's going to be better this year. Sure, whatever. I don't know. He, he, I don't need all the zip in his arm back. I just he was off last year. He 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 didn't play good football. I mean, yeah. Uh, That's another team. I don't know where to predict. For I them. don't either. Either that's what I mean. They're like the next list. I can't say they're a Super Bowl contender in my eyes. There's too many questions, and there's a unhealthy Tyron Matthew. You lost your best defensive lineman in Calais Campbell. So I do yeah. have questions with that. Arizona and Carolina. And Tony Jefferson. I think Arizona and Carolina are the two toughest teams to predict. They are. You don't know what you're going to get Very after all over the place. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Sims, who on Wednesday came in after five hours of dental surgery to do the podcast. He had 10 teeth pulled, which, reminder to kids, floss. We have a comment, Liam Batchley, Sims, let's see those new teeth. They're temps. They're not even the new ones yet. I got to wait another two weeks before I get the new ones. So which ones are fake? Like. The top here ones? To here, yeah. So your entire top row, can you Pretty take them much, out? No, they're cemented in there for now. But, um, yeah, so I, my, as I've told you, I got hit by a car when I was 12. I lost like four and a half of these front teeth here, and it was time for a redo. And then, yes, I had some fillings and other ones, and the dentist just said, you know what, why don't we just get 10 new ones all together and stop messing around? Because so I'm a big grinder of, of my teeth. I just grind my teeth out of your head. He's going to put new teeth in? Yeah, and my fucking mouth still hurts i mean it really does i'm well, not yeah, no you had joke 10 teeth removed yeah it hurts did you ever get to see your fate your mouth without the teeth in there? i could feel my but tongue I, but it's i disgusting. mean did he show you no. and like you just had no teeth no man i don't want to your look. life flash before your eyes don't need to look you would have come home chewing on gums explaining to your son why you got arrested <laughs> Well, so the story. Daddy, Daddy was arrested in a car with a the, lot of marijuana. The story, the story in the Sims family that's really famous as far as teeth are concerned is my grandfather, Willie, Willie Sims, right? Good old Willie from Kentucky. This is Phil's dad. Phil's dad. So your grandfather's name is Willis Willie Sims. Willis Sims. Do you know if he had a middle name at all? Uh, I, he did have a middle name, but I don't know it. And Willie, and Willie was a psycho school. Sims, uh, which most of us Sims are. We're psychos, st- tough, stubborn. And Willis he, Willie, got mad. He had a cavity. I'm going to mess this up. It's either Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, and he couldn't eat the dinner because of the two cavities. God damn it, Barbara. What's now, your grandmom's name? Uh, Barbara, it was. Stop. Yes. We were both Barbara Sims. Barbara, I can't eat this goddamn chicken. I mean, late woman. That's what he would call you. Like, woman. Good old I Willis I can't even Sims. do this. But so, and Willie Sims also was, had a little bit of an alcohol problem, okay? And so Willie, I got my friends Jack. He was friends with, uh, um, oh man, I'm the famous Kentucky whiskey guy. I'm blanking. Uh, Bourbon Booker, not in a, Booker Nose, who makes uh, I can't forget Woodford Reserve. But it's yeah. So he my was, was one of his Sims, best friends, and I only drink Woodford. And he he got after it. But long story short, he couldn't eat the meal. He went to the bar. He got really drunk. He called the dentist. And he made the dentist meet him at the office, and he had the dentist pull every tooth in his mouth out and got dentures at, like, the age of, like, 36 or 38. Right. Because he was so mad. But he couldn't just be like, he couldn't be like, I'm Willie Sims, and this tooth hurts. He said, nope, screw them all. Take them all out. So he didn't have to deal with ever again. At your age. He was, like, my age, right. And he got dentures. Dentures. Willie Sims. So if you're wondering why the Sims family's crazy, it's because of Willie. I, I would say it's probably hereditary. There's probably a guy <laughs> who had a Willie that was really freaking crazy. Most, most of the chances, What yeah, uh? Most. What did your dad say? Did Willie play football? No, Willie played baseball. Willie wanted... I mean, my dad was uh, drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, Willie, yeah, Willie liked baseball more than anything. Did he? Did yeah. Willie want Philly to play baseball? Third base, yeah, for the Cardinals. That's was he upset he that he became a football player? I think, um, no, he wasn't upset. Dad played baseball even through college where he played in these, like, big-time summer leagues and all that kind of stuff. But, no, I think I think he realized the attention he was getting in football. Was Did Willie legit. get to see Philly play? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Willie died when I was uh, tw- uh, 12 years old, but... So he, he got to he see did. the Super Bowls and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. He was there. I think the first time he ever told my that's, dad. That's my son. I think the first time he ever told my dad he was a good football player was when they beat the 49ers in the divisional playoff game in 1986 from what my dad's So told he's me. already played for all these years, and then after he beats Joe Montana, he goes, hey, you're good. Yeah, pretty much. He was like, hey, you know what? 
they could say what they want, but you're a pretty good football player. And did Phil cry? I don't know if he cried, but I know that hit hard with Dad. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Because he was he's old school, old school Southern Kentucky farmhand, right? He just wasn't that type that was going to tell his kids he loved them or you did great or I'm proud of you. That's just not the way it worked. And that is the reason. He never kissed me or loved me. All he did was pinch me and beat me up as a grandchild. Who you're grand- Willie, yes. Get tougher. You know, yeah, when I exactly. was your age, right. I didn't even have feet. <laughs> I walked around on these stuffs. <laughs> this is why I loved in the Sims and Lefko podcast. We do things like ACL research and then defending players and then go into Willie Sims. Willie Sims. Man. Willie and Barbara. Uh, guys, what color hair do you think Willie Sims had? <laughs> Willie had blonde, had a full head of blonde. I really, really no saw it shit. gray. It was just gray. Uh, <laughs> All right, awesome. Stubs. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday. Thank you guys for joining us on Facebook Live. You guys were awesome. Uh, thank you for downloading and subscribing on iTunes. Again, those five-star comments. I've already collected like 10 or 12. I'm t- we're getting so many five-star reviews, so I want to thank you guys for doing it. It is our time. They're going to wear those jerseys more this year. Did you hear that? Oh, Zeke with yeah, the, uh, the, the Cowboys, the blue? the blue ones. The players have been asking for it. I like it. Yeah, it's going to be great when they go 6-10 and ten after yeah. all these off-the-field issues. Uh, get in your comments. Get in your Twitter comments right now. It's been a lot of fun interacting. It is officially training camp time. Booyah! It is our time to shine on prime time. <laughs> Sims and Lefko will be recording on Wednesday. We will see you then. Enjoy your week. Peace out, homies.